0: Welcome to the last Wednesday of the week, the multi-tool of sports podcasts where we bring you our highlights of the week in sport, some meaty middles, and we look ahead to see what's happening in the world of sports over the next seven days. On this week's show, League One becomes Wayne's World as Rooney's Derby County vows to party on and Ben gets all giddy for marathons. So join me, Dan. With Ben and Simon on this, the last Wednesday of the week. Good evening, gentlemen. Good morning, good afternoon, whenever, wherever you are listening. Welcome to this, the last Wednesday of the week. Simon, Ben, good evening, gentlemen.
1: Wow. I mean, wow. You just... What an intro. Wayne's World references off the bat. We just... We're being guided by your bright bright light daniel
0: <laughs> well at least i bring something simon yeah what i have mean you
2: that was wonderful dan I, I thought it started off a little bit too meek and everything like that but the, the pun saved it it was good i liked it um and obviously nothing screams you know 30 year old men than uh, references to wayne's world uh hey, we are truly yeah, showing yeah. our age as uh, people Bloody people nice. who don't even know what wayne's
1: Simon, so oh, like talking it. of of meek, I have been trying now for twenty four hours to see how I can talk about Thor, Love and Thunder in a sporting context. Uh, it turns out I can't. So um, yeah, I thought I'd just mention it that way instead. Dan though <laughs> did ask at the top of the show who's rate Wayne Rooney. So I'm not. That's gonna blame not that. true at
0: all. <laughs> that that is
1: didn't
2: <laughs> happen. We we regularly have that. our, our pre production for this show is three hours. Just basically Dan explore. go,
0: what's a sport?
2: Yeah. Dan, we, have to, we have to show Dan the shape of the ball. We have to show Dan various team <laughs> colours, where the play where they play, what country mm. is the sport Shapes. he played in. All right, yeah. all right.
0: Let's move past the Dan bitching <laughs> hour. And move hour. on to the content. The stuff that people come here for. Um, and we, we were actually getting requests now aren't we we've we've had a request to um chat about uh or someone i was at uni with used to call it rugby league rugby league, oh, rugby league. um but yeah apparently we, we've got to talk about that um but we're going to start with our highlights and you know what i'm at the top of the sheet this week so i'm going to dive in because um as it happened there's a couple of notable sporting stories caught my attention this very morning and the first one i've got um we we talk at length Um, inevitably, uh, because we talk a lot about elite sport, uh, about money in sport. And we talk about uh, athletes making money out of sport but we don't necessarily talk about the things that they go on to do with their millions and millions of pounds and monies. Uh, so Serena Williams and um, has started Serena Ventures, a, um, a funding company that goes and funds like tech startups and things like that. But they found they's um, they, tripping over my words. See, I never have much to say, and when I say it, I can't. Um, they um, invested in a UK tech company, uh, uh, it was announced today. Um, And this is a company called Open Sponsorship. Um, And it was kind of described as like an Uber or uh, Uber for sponsorship. So um, companies sign up to this platform. They pay a sort of subscription. Athletes uh, go and try and pitch, essentially say, can you sponsor me? And then it's kind of match-made sponsorship. But it's a UK company. I think they're based out of Manchester, so it's pretty cool. But a a really nice little coup for that company to have Serena's money uh, come flying in. And it's a seven-figure sum. So this is a uh, large, large amount of money coming into a fairly well-established company already. But Simon, um, I thought you may be interested in here because uh, mm-hmm. there's two other, um, uh, sorry, the other notable um, uh, uh, investor in this company is the owner of uh, the the Seventy Sixers and Ooh. co-owner of Palace, David Blitzer. Oh. So clearly sees a lot of value in this company, um, open sponsorship.
2: Oh, that's interesting. Um, and Dan, obviously you've put us down. Who are we sponsoring from next week?
0: <laughs> I don't know. We'll get, I don't know. Ben, when he does his marathon next year, <laughs> I expect.
1: <laughs> well, I don't give it away. That was saving that for the meaty middle.
0: <laughs> oh, everyone gets the bug, Ben. Uh, so yeah, that was that was one story. The other story um, uh, was actually a bit of motorsport story and not formula one because i get so wow. bogged down with talking about and watching formula one and then annually we talk about a bit of endurance racing ben but actually realistically outside of that sit down watching motorsport is quite difficult some of the good stuff because you've got rally which you have to pay for on like you know whatever it's on BT sport or whatever now you've got MotoGP gp on another thing you have to pay for um endurance championships on like discovery again you have to pay for some of that some of it you can get for Free, uh, through their youtube channels but the british gt Championship started this weekend at alton park now these are sports this sports car racing so these are mercedes amgs audi r8s lamborghinis mclarens that kind of car they're glorious to look at and a little bit like touring car it's quite close as well bumper to bumper wheel to wheel at sort of these british tight circuits with lots of grass run off it's it's excellent racing it was really great racing so i watched that yesterday and i look forward to watching a lot more of that over the next next few months so,
1: wow i mean dan yeah. listen i think i think you nailed that i think this time next week we can switch roles i'll try <laughs> the puns or maybe simon the talent will um racing Oh, we've got some exciting stuff next week, haven't we? Um, Go on, Ben. We'll We'll talk about about it at the end. GT racing reminds me of when I was a kid, Sunday, watching GT... Uh, touring cars, genetas, things like that. It's always close racing, always a- mm. action, sort of bumper to bumper. And they race at amazing tracks, you know, yep. Alton Park, Brands Hatch, some real legendary it's British nothing. tracks. Yeah. Uh, although maybe gone to the hay bales now, and maybe they've got some proper armco in place.
0: Yeah, I expect so, because they do, they do go at some speed still. And then the only other thing that's caught my eye, and again, it was a fairly big, Sports news item this morning it was about Bradley Wiggins, of course, um, publicly stating about how he was sexually groomed uh, as a teen in the cycling by his coach uh, when he was in the cycling. Um, I don't know it was academy or you know he was being trained at the time. Um, he didn't name the person involved, and of course, many people have now reached out to offer him the support he might need now. Um, but yeah it just shows that how someone can carry that with them untold for all this time and clearly it's affected him he said as much as well you know a really horrible story but sadly not unique it just reminds us that the power uh, and um, uh, the power dynamic that these coaches have over such young people who want to do the best that they can and um, build a level of trust with these people that can sometimes be broken.
1: Yeah, which is also odd because Bradley Wiggins is a very outspoken person. You know, fun, outgoing, extroverted. I think in a way, um, you'd expect him to sort of you know talk about those things early. So clearly, he was, um, uh, like most people. You know, holding that in. I mean, it sort of brings up memories yeah. of of you know Larry Nassar and some of the horrific gymnastics. Mm. Uh, abuse that we've seen trials and trials over the last few years and some incredibly brave athletes coming out but positions of power get rid of them all down honestly it's yeah. all good all bad
0: yeah, burn them all. That's what you said, wasn't it, Ben? Did
1: you say burn all the coaches? <laughs> I know it's burn the rich. Wow, that was,
0: that's the phrase. Burn the rich, not the coaches. I
1: don't know. Wow, done. I mean, I get
0: my revolution <laughs> phrases mixed up. Good
1: lord, maybe you should all stick right. to the hosting now. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, well, let, let's uh,
0: while well, while we're talking about serious business, let's move over to Simon. Simon, there's, there's another big news item sweeping uh, not only the football world but the sporting world this morning as well, or overnight. Yeah, so, um, yeah, very, very sombre news um, recently. So
2: yesterday, I believe it was announced, Cristiano Ronaldo announced on his, I think his Instagram and his Twitter page that his uh, newborn baby son had died. He was expecting twins. Um, and it appears that the baby girl has survived and is is, is well, or how we believe. It's, it's a story that we, we don't know particularly large amounts about, which I think, you know... It's probably the best because I don't think in this horrible, horrible time in his life, he needs anyone snooping and prying over details at all. But uh so, all I can say, um, you know, as a father myself, um, as Dan, I'm sure you could agree, that, you know, my heart goes out to him. It's a horrible situation. And yes, he's been under fire recently. I mean, he literally obviously scored a hat trick uh, at the weekend as well. But with the um, various potential spats with with teammates, with uh, knocking phones out of hands and all these sorts of things. But in the end of the day, family is the most important thing in the world and as I said my, my heart goes out to him because it's a, a horrendous story
0: yeah I agree and I think we talked a, a little while ago didn't we about uh privacy uh, and the sports stars such as Ronaldo who you know paid some of the most in the world for what they do at what level of privacy should they have and we were a little ambi- um, you know is a bit ambiguous depending on what it is I think you're absolutely right Simon this is one of those moments absolute privacy should be maintained should be expected he said what he needs to said we don't need to know anything else they just need to get on with what they need to get on with now
1: yeah, and, and as as someone who's an sort of advocate, uh, passionate about the bean transparency, this isn't one of those moments that you know I'm an advocate for. This is a moment that has to be private uh, because you know they have to do the grieving process. Uh, terrible news. There was a show. Obviously, it's no surprise we record this on a Tuesday night. There was an incredible show of support from Anfield and both Liverpool and Man United fans applauding, and what it looked like, even Man United fans singing "You'll Never Walk Alone." Um, basically for a a whole minute from seven minutes to honor his number it it transcends uh any soccer ball game or any of any sport going on in the world that's for sure so yeah
2: definitely definitely so i think it's a horrible situation i said we just need to to give him quiet for it and and peace for as long as as long as as long as he needs really so um but yeah i said i haven't seen the the uh the reception, the applause at Anfield, but obviously I'll make sure to check it out after we finish here tonight.
0: Our thoughts are with him, his family, and his uh, missus. I don't know her name. And neither do we. (laughs) Our (laughs) thoughts are with them both. All right, and hope their baby girl is healthy. All right, so what else you got for us then?
2: Uh, kind of going on, obviously, from a very somber note. Um, by the way, none of you have, have seen what I'm wearing currently, although it's not what we're talking about. We try currently. to avoid it at can best can. you see, you see you what can. awesome thing I'm wearing? Take it's me out of the the ball game. take me out to the hall. It's my Chicago Cubs top I own. Anyway, it's irrelevant. We're not talking about baseball this week, although the Chicago Cubs have been awesome uh, intermittently. Um so USFL. I mentioned it the other week. I mentioned it a few times now. Um the United States Football League, the alternative to the NFL, basically picking up uh undrafted players, old college players, veterans haven't played in the league for God knows how long. Uh, and it kicked off this weekend. So um there was a decent attendance in the first game. All the games apparently are being played in Birmingham, Alabama. Um decent attendance, apparently 40,000 tickets sold or given away, but uh, maybe a mere 16,000 uh, in the first game, but then nobody since so every other game played and very, very few people went to the actual games. That could be partly because of the fact that obviously the, Place they're playing and isn't the biggest could also be due to the fact that they've got a very, very, very lucrative deal with NBC, which is playing, sharing all the games. Unfortunately, not in the UK, so it's made watching the games particularly difficult for any of us that actually want to watch American football over the spring without having to watch the NFL. Um, Why is this important? It was quite a lot of fun. Um, They do a thing called the drone cam, which is basically on kickoffs and everything else. They have a drone flying over and it will obviously record in wacky kind of angles and everything else as the game goes on. It's actually quite a lot of fun. Don't know whether it offers anything whatsoever, but it was good to see. Um, There was a fight between two players on the same side, of which both the players were mic'd up, which is very funny, on the Michigan Panthers. So that's actually completely hilarious, if you ask me. Um, Yeah, but it was fun. The the quality's not great. Uh, There was a few good moments. The first game uh, that I watched, the... um, Birmingham stallions actually uh was was very very good fun to watch um but yeah some of the quality of the games hasn't been good since but yeah it's been an interesting experience and ultimately I think it's important that we if we enjoy American football that is um you know support these alternative leagues because alternative competition means that the NFL has to get better and there's a lot of areas that the NFL does need to get better so um you know We've already heard that the XFL is basically going to become a feeder league for the NFL, so um, that isn't really competition. Although it's great for the NFL, in, uh, the XFL in terms of their growth and their development, uh, they're always going to be the smaller, uh, little brother to uh, to the NFL. But yeah, the USFL are effectively the NFL's only real competition. So I think we need to support it to uh, yeah to get the NFL to start improving itself.
1: I, I support the, uh, a small team called the New England Patriots. Ooh. I don't know if they've made it big yet in the mm. NFL world, but not I'm not hoping they will. One thing these uh, lower series can offer is, is uh, ideas for technical advancement. You talk mm. about drones there. I read that drones are to replace helicopters in the Tour de France, at least on some parts. Drones offer an incredibly climate-friendly way to show that aerial view i mean hey we love aerial views you know camera by wire introduced into the premier league um tour de france needs aerial views because they're in the the damn mountains uh and obviously they're running numerous helicopters each day so um interesting you mentioned drones there they've been in the news um cycle this week and yeah looking to replace a couple of helicopters on a few of the more uh, flatter routes i believe the tour de france this year
0: yeah, and the certain the imaging technology is—you know—it's about that, it's that that transition period, isn't it? Between it being small enough to be carryable by a drone and um, well, like high Oprah. quality enough for broadcast.
1: GoPro 8K, I mean, it's it's yeah. there, right there. Technology's there.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, you need um, it's the it's the zoom lenses, isn't it, Ben? The and the gimbals yeah. and
1: the are we allowed to say GoPro? Heavy is that heavy the first advertisement we've just bagged in there you go the GoPro
0: will send you our invoice in the, in the post so the, uh, the but yeah you know all that equipment is heavy it's weighty it's bulky yeah. so helicopters but yeah i mean drones are um only getting better um right let's move on from one fledgling league that seems to be doing okay that Simon really wants to watch um to oh something we should probably mention which is pretty much a year ago to the day almost ben The European Super League, that never happened... Yeah, I mean,
1: what was the European Super League? You have to remind me, wasn't it? All these rich people were getting together to see if they could get richer. Um, I refer you to earlier in the show around the six minute mark where Daniel said, burn the rich. So <laughs> I, don't f- I don't think. I don't think. No, you're... it's eat the rich. It's oh, eat the it? rich. That's okay.
0: the one. Like, I knew that's... I'd get there in the end. <laughs> wow, because the
1: first one was dark. Um, yeah. <laughs> and what, the, that's the what European they said. Super that's the, thing, the phrase,
0: isn't it? Eat the rich.
1: Now, I think it's burn uh, richy uh, listen,
0: rich. I, the uh the Macaulay Culkin
1: <laughs> film from the, the uh, mid <laughs> Legendary Macaulay Culkin film. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe we managed to get it. It took a year, what, 13 months to name John mm-hmm. Richie Rich. Really um, showing our age, aren't we? I mean, yeah. Uh I I don't even know what we're talking about now. The ESL, yeah, European Super League. Now, Cy, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to last year because Cy said it's the, the best clubs, they want to keep the trophies uh in the top six clubs and they just want to break away in effect. Now, I read a statistic only yesterday that said Ooh. since the Premier League's been around, there's been 30 on offer. It's been 30 years since the Premier League or there are thereabouts, I think. Um, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, City, yeah, the five teams, mm-hmm. have won 28 of the 30 leagues. Mm-hmm. And in that same time, they've won 26 of the 30 FA Cups. Mm-hmm. So I pose to you, would it be any different? the asl now listen i'm not i'm not diving on the i'm pro esl at all i'm happy that didn't go on and i like the fact that leicester can win the premier league albeit once in literally 30 years something like that will happen um the big teams dominate anyway so maybe the argument there is would anything have changed Cy? well
2: yes because ultimately you're not giving people I mean, yes, I know there was a voting process, and a team would get in every once in a while. But there is—you're giving, you're effectively restricting access to to the money. Ultimately, you're potentially causing the death of many, many football teams. So, yes, in terms of a purely competition form, yeah, you could obviously name Blackburn Rovers as another team that. that also won the league, albeit they, I think, were the big spenders when they won. So technically, kind of furthers your argument a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I don't think any football fan with their, any level of integrity or dignity actually would suggest... not Obviously, I know you're playing devil's advocate, but actually genuinely believe that um, there would be no difference because, as I said, yeah, I mean, you're restricting teams' ability to grow. And there are teams that have, you know, plans in place to potentially challenge, and um it will be a slow-growing process because, yes, these big teams have money and revenue streams far, uh, far out outsourcing any other teams, and short of a salary-cap situation, you're never going to really rein that in effectively. But, yeah, I think with the ESL, it was effectively restricting every other team from potentially ever getting to a further level And, yeah, potentially killing off the other teams in the lower leagues who, let's be honest, the money would have drained significantly out of the Premier League and into this new sporting venture.
1: I think you're absolutely right. And I think we all echoed the same comments a year ago. It's amazing. It's been a year Uh, it's gone by so quickly. Yeah, you mentioned the Blackburn team. I mean, listen, they had uh, Alan Shearer, Tim Sherwood, Mm -hmm. Tony Gale. um, Flowers. I mean... The Flowers, Chris Sutton. I mean, yeah, they had Drew this really... unbelievable Come squad. On, You've got the
2: team there. Uh, I'll see if I can name
0: any more.
1: Uh, having said that, though... It's uh, like a really crap version
0: of that scene in Jaws where he's just showing each other scars. Come on, <laughs> move on. I can't remember
1: anymore. <laughs> uh, having said that, though, um, the Leicester team is the only team in my whole lifetime that have won the league, uh, shockingly won the league. They did not have the squad assembled to. Win that league, let alone you know beat Tottenham, who they did uh, in that season—unbelievable. uh unbelievable. And yeah, we do see the same teams winning. I think the only way you would be able to change that is perhaps look at a, an American NFL draft system, which would then continually give that bottom team. But then you'd have to create a closed league anyway. I don't know how you'd run that. Uh, but yeah, hey, I love Premier League action. I think it's fantastic, and the ESL uh, is still shelved. I don't think it's gone forever, though, guys.
0: Uh, oh sorry I was going to say something
2: but also I mean you must refer to I mean where are Man United now 7th 8th now so I mean it's not consistent and it's not consistently those teams is it I mean Arsenal they finished 10th last year or something like that so I mean it isn't consistent I think Yes, you're right in saying the Liverpools and the Manu- Man Citys and stuff like that are still do- dominating. But a lot of those other teams that were included in that uh, not consistently uh, finishing with strong results.
0: There you go. Right. Well, Ben, from the European Super League to the Betfred Super League, talk to us about rugby then, Ben.
1: Oh, this is tricky. This is tricky. I got thrown under the bus by my friend. He said, he said, uh, Ben, yeah, that's my name. He went, Ben, uh, why don't you talk about rugby super league? I mean, literally it's one of the best sports in the world. Um, you know, it's, it's passionate, powerful. There's so much speed in rugby league. Uh, and I used to watch it. I used to watch rugby league and rugby union. Um, and over the years, it's drifted away. And I'll be honest with you, I don't watch a single game anymore until this weekend. I still didn't watch any. Now, the re. <laughs> Uh, to my defense okay and i already defended myself on a on a beautiful uh, sporting messenger group um this was the most beautiful weather we've seen for probably eight months in this country easter weekend uh, i was in the sun either gardening or walking or running or doing any activity i could outside of the house to my defense that transcends sport getting out of the the, the damn house yeah. sometimes especially when the weather's beautiful um but nevertheless, I did some research. The Betfred Super League, currently led by the mighty St. Helens. They actually beat Huddersfield. Uh, they needed three second-half tries. Uh, apparently, there was a lot of sort of Easter games. Uh, it's played from February to September, this league. So it's a good time to be getting into it. And I'm kind of glad my friend James, shout-out, uh, Manchester United fan, certainly not enjoying his evening. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad he's, he's, he's asked me about this uh, because... I miss I miss being a super league fan. Um, I used to be a, a national rugby league fan over in Australia, uh, big up the Penrith Panthers. Uh so I do enjoy the rugby league. It's it's a wonderfully fast place paced sport and it's loved in this country. Uh and the Super League is um competitive. So what we've seen, we've seen Cy si up his MLB love over the last few weeks. You're going to see me up my Super League love over the last two weeks because we are not anything but triers, Daniel.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to pick up my, um, my British GT love as well and... And start picking up some better motorsports. um, Well, some motorsports that provides more consistently better racing than Formula One.
1: Look at us Um, working on ourselves. There you go. All
0: right. We're going to be better people by the end of this century. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be all sorts of things done to the rich by the end of this show. (laughs) Um, Right, Ben, what do you got for us next? All right. You said he's a Man United fan. He's not having a good evening. Why is that?
1: Yeah, so uh, basically, I was like, listen, we probably need to talk about Liverpool. Um, I've watched a lot of football recently, and at the weekend, Liverpool played the FA Cup final. It's like semi-final. Whoa, get ahead of myself there. Against against Manchester City. Manchester City had a bit of a hangover from the Atletico game. They had a few players injured. This was not a full-strength City squad. It was as close as, damn it, to it. Liverpool blew them out of the water in an astonishing first half. And we're blowing United out of the water tonight. Liverpool under Jurgen Klopp, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to, are looking very, very likely for a quadruple. I can't see another team in the world beating us right now. We're astonishing. It would take a couple of big injuries or maybe a couple of freak goals for us not to win every game for the rest of the season. And and that's a big statement. I'm just amazed by what this football team is doing right now. But... Obviously, they're they're winning tonight. Uh, Man United, looking like Ten Hag has come in. And the reason I put Liverpool there is I wanted to have a quick chat about football because we lost, not lost, uh, lost from the league, arguably one of the great managers um, of the last 10, 15 years, Mm. Sean Dyche. Now, the Burnley manager, all I can say is Burnley are effed. Burnley are not only gone... I don't think they're going to get back into the Premier League for a decade. This is the craziest sacking I've ever heard or seen. Without Sean Dyche, that club is nowhere. I I have no idea what these new owners, newish owners, are doing. Uh, all we can say is is good luck to, to Sean Dyche. Do you understand, Sai? Is there a reason they've done this with? The run they had, it looked like that was a, a diceable winning run, like a, a run they may have been able to get three or four wins because that's all you need in that situation, three or four wins, a draw, and, and you're up.
2: Yeah, I mean, they got they beat uh, Everton, and everything seemed a little bit more rosy in the garden, but they had been on a run uh, surrounding, I think it was something like six losses in seven. But the thing, the problem with Burnley is, and it's always been their problem, is that I think and we will find out sooner rather than later maybe that Dice wasn't the, the one who held it together, especially if they stay up. But it does feel like, um, you know, Sean Dice kept it together, kept the team running, made do with less. I mean, you've got players like Jack Cork playing 30 games a year for you and stuff. You know, these aren't world beaters. And probably the closest they've ever done recently was when they bought Veghorst in. Um, and he wasn't exactly on massive money, but it's a team that consistently i mean you're looking you're going into transfer windows with 30 million which sounds a lot of money to to a layman but in premier league terms is pittance and uh, yeah the the owners who kind of have kept this club running uh, in the same manner the previous um, owners did and uh, not really put much new investment in so far have yeah decided to get rid um Uh, Do we know who's coming in yet or, I mean, what the case is?
1: Uh, No, the caretaker manager, I forgot his name, he's in in charge for the game. There is going to be an announcement, Mm. I assume. I I don't understand quite what they're sort of looking at. Maybe Mm. they had someone in the pipeline um, it just seemed a bit of an odd, odd uh, yeah. decision for me. Um, in terms of the other way around, if you're looking at the football leagues, obviously Burnley, I think they're going down. I'd be amazed if they stayed in the league now. Uh, but the other way is Fulham are on the way up, and Mitrovic scored his fortieth in the league tonight. <laughs> Forty. I don't even know what numbers they are. Championship uh, domination. Uh, if Mitrovic stays. Uh, in London, then they'll do very, very well next year. But uh, I, I, th- I think Dysh will go straight into management. I think he'll stay. I think there's a job in the championship for him. Uh, I don't know what <sighs> club it is. You never know. Watford like a new manager every three months. Maybe uh, the owl will move on and, and uh, Dysh will roll in there.
2: Sorry to interrupt, Ben he actually was the manager of Watford, I believe, for a very ill-fated spell. If I remember
1: correctly, well, I think it was it early 2010s. Most probably. I mean, you've got to go back. Yeah, was it 12? Was it 12? Was it? Is it 10 years since he's been Burnley manager? I mean, yeah, it's astonishing. And then, and then Burnley was... bought
2: in what's his face from uh, Newcastle, um, I believe, and then that went tits up, and then they got Dyche back in, Ginger Mourinho, and they managed to go up eventually. Could be wrong, but I, th- I remember that's the kind of. Uh, way it was, but yeah, I think it's just all a bit mad. But as for Fulham, don't agree with you at all. I'm going to call you out on this, Ben. Um, Mitrovic has been at Fulham for a long time. He's a championship, he's a, he's a weird purgatory striker between Championship and Premier League, uh, and he doesn't fire effectively enough when he's up in the Premier League. So uh, Fulham have a big mountain climb when they come up, as any newly promoted team do, uh, and they're yet to convince me they'll do all right. I still think they'll be battling relegation next year.
1: I'll repost with that. We saw the same purgatory with uh, Bamford and obviously second season syndrome and a lot of injuries didn't go well but last season he was absolutely electric he finally put it to bed and showed he can score I think he finished on 18 or something in the league Uh, I think Mitrovic has now uh, matured is a better player and I think if you can score 40 in the championship you can score a minimum of 10 in the Premier League I I genuinely think those numbers translate I'll be interested to see I think I think they're more or less up or already champions for them anyway Uh, so yeah these all these changes but sad to see Sean Dyche at the league uh his gravelly voice and entertaining uh, pressos
0: <laughs> all right Ben let's switch gears um let's mix it up because you know your love of tennis is mi- meeting your love of golf
1: Wow. I mean mm. you get ready. You sit back, relax and enjoy this segment Daniel. <laughs> Ash Barty. <laughs> so the the headline in the Sydney Morning Herald, Herald reads what Ash did next. I mean the fact is the whole world's going, oh, what's this 25 year old going to do next? She's going to go it's and win. It's been 5 some minutes.
0: How she already she, done something.
1: She is about to embark in her third professional sporting career obviously. Uh, world-dominant, I think she's still women's number one in tennis, a sport she doesn't even play anymore. Um, (laughs) She's going to be playing in a global golf tournament, a tournament televised in Australia. Um, Golf, apparently, Barty is nearly scratch, i.e. she plays off a handicap of four, or it could be lower. I wouldn't be surprised if it's zero very soon. Her partner or fiancé is a golf coach, I believe, so uh, certainly been getting some tips on the course. Now, Ash has invested in in something called the Icon Series. Have either of you heard about this Icon Series yet? Mm I have not Neither have I Okay, until this week It's basically a golfing tournament of sporting superstars I'm going to read you a little bit of hyperbole from the actual icon series itself It says, it's a truly unique sporting event Bringing together the world's biggest sporting icons To compete in a series of competitive team match play format events Basically it's celebrity golf Uh, There's no other way around (laughs) it but I think a lot of these celebrities are really good. Uh, a couple of bits, a couple more of these wonderful statements. Get ready for this. Uh, the icon series rosters are full of genuine icons of sport. Their success transcends beyond their sport, and they are fiercely passionate about golf. Okay, I mean, it goes on and on and on. Wow, so wait a minute,
0: we've got another level. We've got in like, in love, and fiercely passionate. Fiercely.
1: I mean, they use the words iconic. Uh, uh, There's actually one line which says, natural-born winners, they have competition coursing through their veins. Honestly, I was reading this, trying to keep a straight face, absolute (laughs) garbage, but I'm definitely going to watch it. Do you know why? Because, listen to this lineup so far. Harry Kane, Carlos Alvarez, Pep Guardiola, Ash Barty, Michael Phelps, Big Ben Roethlisberger and a couple of golfing legends. One of my all-time favorites is a captain, Ernie Els of always loved Ernie and I loved him as a kid uh listen whether Ash will go full-time into her third professional sport or if you know in 10 years time she's playing moon golf she's she can do anything <laughs> I mean she's she's not just a hero for Aussies she's a hero for every sport fan around the world uh I I just what, what's Ash gonna do next that's the title anything she seemingly wants
0: There we go, and we look forward to that developing and that story uh, ever continuing. Uh, Well, thank you, gentlemen. That brings us to the end of the highlights of the week in sports. If you want to share anything with us, respond to anything we've talked about, or join our conversation, you can find us sporadically across Instagram and Twitter at WednesdayPod on either. So, Simon, it's time. Fill the podcast airways with fountains of Wayne news. Oh, that
2: was, that was less wow. good than your, your, uh, Wayne Rooney reference. Uh, Wayne Rooney, Wayne's world references. <laughs> um, so Wayne Rooney, um, we always talked about, uh, one, uh, member of the legendary partnership from the, uh, what mid to late 2000s and 2010s in, in Cristiano Ronaldo. We're talking about Wayne Rooney now. So he is the manager of Derby County. He, um, Basically, took over. He started off as a player. There, he went to America um, after his Everton career. Kind of went to to pot, um, and he came back. Went to Derby, uh, and halfway through the season, took over as their manager. So, um, R. Wayne um, of particularly, uh, you know, a lot of ill repute over the years. Spats with, with teammates, accusations of adultery, drinking, etc., etc. Um, took over as manager of Derby County and, and guided them to safety so in his first season. Um, not so much luck this year. So uh, they've gone. They went down. Was it Monday? It was. It was yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, they lost one nil um, to QPR uh, and Reading, who were fourth from bottom. Uh, drew four all with Swansea, which was a bit random. But um, yeah, and that effectively uh, sealed their demise. So. Uh, for anyone not knowing, uh, I should probably fill you in. Derby have been having problems financially for quite a few years now. So they spent big um, a few years ago to try and get into the Premier League, uh, came up against a much more talented Aston Villa side, and obviously failed miserably at that in the playoff final. Um, but yeah, it's come to roost. Um, you know, accusations of impropriety, uh, of. Um, you know, uh, failing to pay taxes and transfer fees and stuff, um, effectively left Derby this year. I think it was November uh, with a, uh, let me have a look. I think it was a 31 points. No, sorry, a 21 point deduction. So uh, they had it in two parts, but 21 point deduction. So actually, um, if there hadn't been deducted those points, and this is kind of a show of how well Wayne Rooney's done, considering his players have been sold out from underneath him. Um, you know, you've had to play players like Curtis Davis, who I thought retired about five years ago, Colin Kazim Richards, Richard Stearman. What? Yeah, what? it's like I'm naming a team from 2010. <laughs> um, yeah, players like that, they would have finished 17th. They would have finished above Cardiff. They would have finished above the scummy blue, Birmingham City. Um, you know, there was quite a. I mean, yeah, I did want to get in the fact that Birmingham City, I think, are <laughs> fifth bottom at the moment. Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, go fuck yourselves, but, I mean, Um Anyway, so
1: <laughs> that's some sporting rivalry exactly. that Dan's like diving off yeah. mute to protect. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like, trying, he doesn't he's mean, to... he doesn't mean the people. He's he means the the, the football club, well, the team I support, also <laughs> I, I should, no, It didn't
0: end up with end up with Rich at the end. Damn you, Richie. Rich. Damn you,
1: McCauley
0: Um
2: Yeah. So I, I just wanted to give uh, Wayne Rooney a bit of love because um, it looks like he's staying on. Um he gave a speech to the team after the results, um, you know, kind of telling them how proud of him he was. Um, and yeah, and I think he has made mistakes. He's obviously a young manager, tactical issues, accusations of um, when the game runs away from him, there's, there's no ability to try and, you know, change anything or bring in, bring anything on. But he's going to learn. He's a young manager. He's stepped into the breach when basically no one else would. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, as I said, he would have been relatively safely, um, you know, away from relegation if not for this deduction in points. So, um, yeah, I, I think he seems pretty set on on actually playing for Derby, playing for Derby uh, managing Derby next year in League One. Um, well, that's what kind of his comments have said so far. They've got new owners, uh, an American uh, by the name of Chris Kircher, I believe. So, um, yeah, hopefully some new investment. And, I mean, because Derby's a massive club. People from the Midlands and, and from uh, the south of the north, where you two are from, um, know how big a club Derby is there. A massive team. A perennial Premier League team, even as little as, what, 10 years ago? Um, yeah, so, you know, good on him. Because he was linked with Everton. I don't know how how you know, how likely it was or how big the rumours were. Although, I mean, you hire Frank Lampard, who doesn't have that much more experience. Maybe you might as well have gone with Wayne Rooney instead. But he stayed loyal to Derby then. He said, no, I want to keep managing this team. I'm going to try and save him from relegation, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, and I just want to give a bit of love to him. And I know, Ben, I know you're burning to talk about this subject. But um yeah, we always hear the negative side of, of Wayne Rooney. And I said, um this is the record English goalscorer for for England uh, which is obviously the only team he could play for is English um but at the same point yeah he's you know he's done a decent job there and and I think he'll get them back promoted as long as he gets a little bit of investment I think they'll be promoted next year and as I said Derby are a massive club so I'm all for it
1: yeah, I think if if someone came along to me and said, uh, I think Wayne Rooney's the uh, greatest English football player of all time, I'd go, okay, maybe I've got a different opinion, but that's okay. That's a valid opinion. That's how good a footballer Wayne Rooney was. Uh, record England goal scorer, no mean feat. I'm sure that'll get eclipsed by Harry Kane, perhaps. But um, he also scored, what, a couple hundred goals for Man United. I mean, listen, this is an unbelievable football player. And I saw the video of him his sort of galvanizing speech to the group of players. And I think they were shouting chanting that the legendary Rune, Rune at the end, like, like he's still one of them. And I don't think us, the fans and the media see the real, Wayne Rooney I think when he's with his his group of players and when he's behind the scenes I think he can maybe get the best out of players Uh, and if it wasn't for the points his auction he'd be playing championship football next season so I think he did his job in a very difficult circumstances exactly like you say I think I think he's spot on there uh I would say they'll do they'll do well to keep hold of him and it looks like he will they need to keep him and and League One's a grind. There's no way around it. You know, Wayne is going to be taking that group of Derby players to some some smaller grounds, should we say, um, you know, uh, where you may not be having uh, orange slices at half-time, maybe bacon butties. Uh, but, listen, he'll probably get them back into the championship. I've no doubt about that. Uh, wasn't there a Mike Ashley bid uh, not too long ago? So do they need a full, big... Uh, owner to come in um preferably one that sports washing a nation
2: um so yeah they, they, they've got this guy Chris Kushner, who's, who's an american millionaire billionaire coming in who i believe is going to invest heavily um i mean all credit to mike ashley yes um hated by newcastle fans but i think was that not more about the fact that the promise was cut when he came in of what was going to be done um, the fact that you know, investment in the team hasn't been you know, massive amounts, but he did spend money, so maybe that would have been a good um bid for um for, for for them, but for 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 Derby. But at the same point, I think he's got such a negative reputation, it wouldn't have filled uh Derby fans with much hope. But maybe they needed a steady hand on the tiller. I mean, he's obviously not short of money after what he uh what Newcastle got bought for, so um. You know, maybe he was ready to invest a bit more. But at the same point, um, maybe Mike needs to take a break from football for the foreseeable future. I think give his reputation uh, a bit more of a break and then come in and be the white knight somewhere else.
1: Yeah, whether he will ever be a white knight, I don't know about that. Mm. But it's interesting uh, with Wayne Rooney in the um, the news diet at the moment. We've got Wayne Rooney, we've got Frank Lampard, Stephen Gerrard, obviously uh, doing the job. Aston Villa, uh, obviously on the TV, we watch Scolese, Crouchy, Rio, BT Sport, and we've got mm. Cara Neville, uh, Kino and, and Michael Richards on Sky, it's like I'm watching all these players I spent my childhood growing up, watching them on the pitch. They're now talking me through football matches now. I'm in like with isn't football. Isn't that how room. it goes? That's how it goes, though, isn't Dan, it? Dan, I'm sure that's how it goes, but we never had punditry at this level before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, back in the 60s, 70s and 80s, yeah, there was match of the day and there was probably a few kind of reviews of the score. But now you've got this Monday night football, Tuesday night football. I mean, it's just it's endless content. Uh, and there's some brilliant sort of ships being built, puntuary. Also, some of these players uh, are doing really well in management now. So I, I just hope that Wayne Rooney uh, stays there, digs his, digs his feet in and gets them back into the championship and then gets a bit of money. Maybe get a Mitrovic of sorts.
0: So you said he's... <laughs> Could be the White Knight, but maybe he's more like the Dark Knight—not the hero deserve, the hero they deserve, but the hero they need right now.
1: Oh, wow, so many oh, films. Bruce Wayne. It's another
0: Wayne pun. Come on, boys. I mean, we we got it, but I
1: mean, <laughs> this is really shit. oh god, I actually went over my head that one. That was quite good. I That's wish I got that I
0: know you set me up for it with the White Knight comment as well. There you go. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> what more would you like to say about wayne simon why i formulate another wayne based pun (laughs)
2: Uh, i really don't have anything else to say but i can stall for a couple of minutes if you need me to all
0: right simon let me be frank Frank no, all right. that, that was setting you up for a Wayne's World pun, but you didn't ah. get it. All right, let's move on. That is it's the seen, end of the Wayne-based way. uh, segment of this show. Uh, we'll move on to non-Wayne events now. Uh, so, um, ben, you're getting the marathon bug, it seems, because only a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about marathons because I'd just run one. Um, well, last week, rather. And now you, you want to do a whole bit of your meaty middle on marathons. Like, what's happened to you?
1: i know how many uh, if we if we look at the analytics details of this show over the next week how many people turn off bang on 45 minutes when they hear meaty middle about marathons <laughs> This is a, a sprint of a marathon meaty middle. Uh, we may even re-look at this again next week. We love marathons that much, Dan. Uh, well,
0: you know, at least quarter of a million people enter the ballot for London Marathon every year. So... There's a lot of people into running marathons, Ben. And that's just one marathon event.
1: There's a lot. And it's marathon season, much like award seasons, which we've just had. It's marathon season in sport. Uh, And uh, Cy, with our fellow podcast host, continuing Mm. his recovery from the Brighton (laughs) Marathon. Yes, Dan. Over a week ago now. How are the legs?
0: Absolutely fine now. Thank you, Ben.
1: Well, all right. maybe you should run faster next time. <laughs> uh, Too much energy left over. I thought it would be good to keep the talk of marathon running in the show. Uh, and to be pretty honest, it's obviously a good time to be talking about uh, marathons. They're everywhere right now. So what is it? What is a marathon to our listeners? It's just a bloody long run. 26.2 miles or in real money, 42.2 kilometers. Uh, I'm yet to try my hand at this, which I will be doing next year alongside Dan. Maybe we can get Cy involved as well. Uh, (laughs) But in outside of that kind of, uh, would we call you an amateur, Dan? Outside of this, there is absolutely, yeah, <laughs> or a rookie. What's what's lower? Um, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm like firmly middle of the road.
1: <laughs> okay, middle of the road. Uh, I like to run along the bar alongside the, the crowd. But hey, well, whatever whatever floats your boat. Uh, in the world of elite sport, though, they are big business. I mean, financially and professionally and sportingly, big business. This year's Boston Marathon, which was run yesterday. Today, or two days ago, if you're listening today, uh, after a couple of turbulent years with everyone's uh, sort of, you know, least favorite buzzword, the pandemic, uh, the race doled out a total of $879,000. I don't know if the Brighton Marathon does as such. Uh, the male and female winners on Monday, uh, Evans Chebet and Perez Jepchichir, both Kenyans, received one hundred and fifty thousand dollars each. Uh, there was also a call cool fifty k fifty thousand dollars up for course records, uh, albeit they weren't touched. Uh, what are the course records, you ask, Dan? Yeah, Jeffrey uh, Mutai, two hours three minutes. <laughs> um and Buzanesh Deba two hours and 19 crazy. So
0: it's worth stating, isn't it, the Boston Marathon is almost, it's one of the world um, marathons. It's, it's almost like a mecca for marathon runners, isn't it? It's it's a big you've, running community that comes together.
1: Yeah. yeah, you've got three. You've got uh the New York Marathon, the Boston Marathon, the London Marathon. I think the London Marathon actually has the most entrance for a competitive race, an elite race, but you'd have to... Quote me on that. Sigh. Have you? Uh, have you? Do you watch a marathon? Sigh. Uh, not really, and, and obviously
2: I don't tend to watch long distance running unless it's in the Olympics. If I'm honest, but um, just to kind of we kind of add an addendum to what you're saying as well. Obviously, the uh, Boston Marathon has that tragic past as well with the uh, yes. terrorist attacks. So, so um, absolutely. That's something else to you know to, to show that to keep going ahead with this marathon that um, that that sort of action cannot keep you down, you know, be defiant in the face of such
1: adversity. 100%, and I've actually got a a little tidbit of a story that backs uh, that up, that belief that um, you have to uh, be strong in the face of immense adversity and pain. Um, In terms of the race, looking purely at the race now, Evans Chebet, uh, he finished 30 seconds ahead of the 2019 winner, Lawrence Torono, and the 2021 winner, Kip Ruto, was in third all three male finishers were from kenya Chibet pulled away of this seriously elite large pack of runners so you've got the 2019 winner, 2021 runner world leading speed all in this massive group how did he pull away dan he posted his By 20
0: than
1: the others. <laughs> yeah i mean that's usually the way you do it he <laughs> got on a bike um in the, he posted his 22nd mile in 4 minutes and 27 seconds
0: it's just so so like
1: it's okay it, i'm gonna put give uh, you a bit of context yeah all us three and more or less any person listening to this show cannot physically run that fast let alone no. after <laughs> 21 miles like it's no. insane
0: that's crazy. so yeah you look at the splits of these performers and they're, they're like absolute metronomes. every minute uh you know their their mile pace will be bang on for several miles they'll drop back maybe 10 seconds on one mile and then it'll go back up and bam 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 absolute clockwork it's incredible but you're absolutely right ben and there's two things that make you totally uh realize this because you when you watch it on telly you don't really get what that means you don't see it it's like watching race cars it doesn't really look as fast as it actually is um Until you run past them going one way and they're flying past you the other way on an actual track, that's one time you can see it. And the other time is when you're monitoring your pace, you're seeing how fast you run and you do some sprint sessions and you absolutely belt it as hard as you can for like 100 meters or something flat out. You're still not even close to what they're doing solidly for two hours. It's just absolutely mind-blowing just how quick that is
1: yeah and it's also incredible Sai. before you come in there that uh you know to be able to inject pace like that and actually devastate a group of elite runners shows you all in the banks the level the level these guys are at uh, and what an absolute result to 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 cheb have you have you tried your hand at running at all Sai?
0: Um, I did the cross country at school. i was pretty oh, pretty wow. decent at that was um that running away from the head teacher when you're smoking fags out the back <laughs> i have, I do not smoke cigarettes good sir
2: um so uh I was, uh, I was gonna say as well um another friend of the show um andrew Donner, one of my one of my good friends uh he actually went to um to Kenya to train Dan, is that the next port of call for you? To get, uh, you know, to some altitude start. and heat training, yeah, exactly. Is that is that is that the next stage for you? Is this is this where we're gonna have to take a hiatus this sort of time next year when you go for a, a few weeks training in in Kenya?
0: Well, do you know, I'm not gonna go. I'm gonna spend a few years acclimatizing. I'm gonna just go up on the hill on the South Downs first. Mm-hmm. You know, a bit of middle the middle middle ground, yeah, and then you know, build it up that way. Okay. Uh, no, oh. no, I I I mean, I'm I'm resigned to the fact that that level of running is never. Something that will be in my grasp uh, anytime soon. Ben, you talked about the numbers uh, of people entering the London Marathon. <clears throat> now, watching the coverage a few years ago, um, I'm fairly certain this is pre-pandemic. Um, because they've been doing it for so long, like 30, nearly 40 years, probably 38 years, something like that, they know to within a uh, you know, handful of people Generally, how many people will drop out year on year? So, they give out more spaces than they can accommodate on the start line, knowing that, I don't know, 12,000 people will drop out ahead of race day. It's quite remarkable. But yeah, just shy of 40,000 people, I think they can accommodate on the start line, uh, making it the biggest in the UK by far. Brighton had 20,000 entrants, so second biggest in the UK.
1: Yeah, I mean, to back that up, Boston had 28,000.
0: So, it shows you
1: how big the Brighton Marathon is. Yeah, I mean, listen. Kenya is a very, very rich country, uh, so I'm sure they've got wonderful Wi-Fi over there. So if you do go and train down, you can still run the pod from there. Um, <laughs> honestly, the Boston Marathon was amazing. Uh, I watched highlights. I watched a little I'll tell bit. Tell you what, of Ben. Live.
0: Right, if it, anyone, we must have six degrees with Kevin Bacon to this. If anyone listening has a contact, I, I would be happily flown out to do a week training, see if I could, what I could do, and how quickly I'd die. And document it all for my last podcast
1: <laughs> i i like Aww. how you think you could even overcome the altitude sickness to run exactly how <laughs>
0: funny would that be to watch or listen to uh,
1: listen dan i mean i've seen <laughs> you throw up after a session in the pub so i think you would do well on the altitude um let's let's talk about the sport okay uh because this is serious it was an unbelievable uh, event in the men's but the women's race you need to watch this on youtube take a minute out of your day Perez Jepchichir battled with Ababel Yeshene of Ethiopia over the last few blocks. I say blocks because it was in Boston, it was America. The lead changed hands many times. But the final kick from Jepchichir, the Olympic champion, was devastating. She finished in a little over two hours, 20 minutes. It's the third fastest rather, uh, women's Boston marathon in history. It was on the same day that marked 50th year since women were allowed to compete in the race. Here's a little statistic for you. In 1972, eight women ran the race. On Monday... 12,100 rand. So nearly a 50 50 split. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Uh, another Kenyan and Googie finished third, making it five Kenyans in the top six places in the elite male and female categories. Hardly surprising, as Sai alludes to there. The immense talent pool from Eastern Africa is, is just crazy. Uh, but nevertheless, Kenya got the upper hand. And I know there is always a. An ongoing battle between Kenya and uh, Ethiopia to the south. Jep Chichir is absolutely the best female marathon runner on the planet. Um, she's won her last five straight marathons. She's won three in the last eight months alone. Uh, and in the hotly contested wheelchair races, American Daniel uh, Roman Chuck won the men's and a Swiss Manuela Char won the women's wheelchair crown. Uh, they got 25 grand each as well. So just good all day round f- financially. What you said earlier, Sire. it's important to know that obviously there were reminders of the terror. It was nine years ago, the Boston bombings. Um, it honestly, feels like yesterday. It's incredible. It uh, I read that a 20-year-old 20, uh, 20 uh, Henry Richard crossed the finish line at 2.52 p.m. on Monday at the exact same time that in 2013 two bombs were exploded and killed his eight-year-old brother at the time martin richard and two other people and wounded 264 that was the scale of the boston bombings now yeah. two things from that one credit to henry richard running there nine years after he lost his brother astonishing uh terribly sad story he was mobbed at the finish line with congratulations and and condolences in a way positive uh, uh feelings um but yeah to finish at the exact same time the bombs exploded takes a pretty impressive sort of timing unless that that's was... organization yeah but I, I, yeah so i don't know how to say how long it took uh henry richard maybe maybe uh you can find out but um yeah i thought that was just a really lovely story uh, obviously, not the best part of Boston's history, but Boston has this rich history. Obviously, I'm a Boston Red Sox fan and a, and a, a you know a New England Patriots fan. It was the traditional Boston Marathon after a couple of COVID years because it was run on Patriots Day. Dan, Simon, what is Patriots Day? It's a, a day to
0: celebrate. Patriots.
1: Okay, right. Film so it's a day to celebrate Patriots, and it's a film with Mark Wahlberg. Okay, yeah, I yeah, think make, Mark Wahlberg's film is about the Boston bombings. No, uh, obviously, Mark Wahlberg is a Boston lad himself. Well, basically, it's the third Monday in April, is in honor of the American Revolutionary War. Here's some history for you: where the legendary Battles of Lexington and Concord were fought. And well, it comes this. back to
0: a war, doesn't it? I could have said yeah, war. Like, it does. And we're usually
1: involved. Uh, the battle involving American colonies yeah. fighting back against the, uh, the British, I said English, British authorities. There was like heavy taxes and other such British historical shame that we talk about. Um, But that was the night that Paul Revere took his midnight Mm. ride to warn the colonies. So there you go, a bit of history. 28,000 competitors, so uh, fairly big. Now, Dan, get ready to feel, feel, feel ashamed about your physical health. I'm going to finish with this little bit now. <laughs> Do you know why? Because you just said... And you know me so well. You, you know just that's said, not possible. <laughs> I think I'm, you know, past it. I'm not going to get my fastest runs now. Step no, that's in. That's not what I
0: said. I don't think I'm going to get a two hour, three minute. Okay.
1: <laughs> no. no, you said you wouldn't get fast. And fast for you is anything... Well, faster than what you do run. Now listen, enter <laughs> stage. Mariko ugata she was running on Monday. In 2019, she became the first woman in history, older than 60 years, to finish a marathon in less than three hours. Mega. She tried to do it again this week. Uh, ugata ran the 2019 Marathon in Japan in 2 hours 59 mm-hmm. Then a year later, she shattered that mark by uh, setting her PB two hours, 52 minutes. Wow. At the age of 62, I think. Um, the mother of four did not start training for faster times until she was 50. She increased her mileage. She got involved in interval training, joined an amateur running club in Tokyo. She works at a school currently, and Yugeta, this woman's unbelievable. She runs track speed workouts with the young lads at the school and says they're obviously immensely fast, but after three kilometers, they can't keep up with her. She's you know sixty something now, sixty four, I think. Um, now she runs sixty to seventy miles a week, up to eighty miles a week when we're preparing for a marathon. On Monday, she fell short of a gold time. She finished in a three oh six. Okay, fairly wow. nippy three oh six.
0: Getting sloppy. <laughs> um,
1: and there was one beautiful picture. Okay, um, on uh, Sunday she she uh, met up or bumped into Joan Samuelson who won the Boston Marathon twice. And Joan Samuelson, you should know the name. She's the first Olympic women's marathon champion. Um, She said she wants to run the Tokyo Marathon. And Yugata responded, obviously, when. Um, Perhaps they could run it together. And Joan Samuelson is planning to run the Boston Marathon next year to celebrate uh, turning 65. So listen, it's there in the books. These runners, Uh, this comes in the same week, The same week um, as an endurance athlete was posted on BBC Sport, running every day for 100 days, she broke the record 100 consecutive marathons covering 2,620 miles. Do you know why she did that milestone, guys?
2: To show Dan how how bad he's done.
1: (laughs) No, it's easy to do that.
0: It's easy (laughs) to do that.
1: Kate Jaden, the legend from Derbyshire. She did 2,620 miles because that's the exact difference from Aleppo in Syria to the UK as a way to raise um, awareness to help refugees. Listen, feel ashamed about your fitness. These people, age is not a factor. You just need to be fit, healthy, or Japanese.
0: Yeah, it's mega. I mean, what a training plan. I'm going to go and steal it.
1: (laughs) done i'm sure she'll share it. the go. japanese
0: bit's gonna be interesting
1: who knew who knew uh you would love would love this much about marathons guys I well mean, ben, we already cool. know
0: that age is not a factor in endurance sports having spoken to ian richards just uh, of course. uh many pods ago uh, the uh, race walker olympian um And all-round incredible athlete, and still going incredibly strong uh, in masters competitions as well. So we know that age is but a number, uh, and it's how we look after our bodies that allows it to do what it does. All right, um, let's wrap up our meeting middles there. Then Um, all this is at risk of turning into its very own endurance event. Um, (laughs) We will (laughs) look at what's happening in the week ahead of us gentlemen um simon let's start with you what's happening what you got going on this week sorry si? so first of all Dan, i just want to say one more thing before we go any further uh-oh that's, um, that's like i'm gonna grave that on your tombstone man yeah.
2: so i just want to say as well we give you a hard time about uh, how the marathon went we just give you a hard time in general but um i just want to say congratulations on, on finishing and uh you know i i couldn't do it so um our, our, our making fun is very lighthearted. So you've done a really good thing and you raised money for charity. And um, yeah, you should be very proud of yourself. And that's genuine. I'm not being mean. I'm not I'm it's, waiting. It's I'm
0: no. just waiting for what's coming. And also you're a prick.
2: No, I'm joking. Um, no, but so yeah, <laughs> no. So I just want to say that. So um going on, yeah. So um next week, uh sorry
0: guys, I've just started cutting onions in here.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> it's good, it's good, it's <laughs> very hot in here. Yeah, um, so um next week we have a uh bit of an interesting event, don't we, Ben? Because so we talked about this last week. We kind of yes. negotiated on the spot, but it seems likely that it's going to happen. And we've already negotiated a time between all of us. So eight o'clock next Thursday, uh, we are going to do a live mock draft, a combination mock draft between this pod, the Wednesday pod, and uh, Shutdown Coverage, my other podcast, my, my mistress, as it were. Um, and we're going to do a live NFL mock before the actual NFL draft starts at uh, what would be for us in England uh 1 a.m um gmt so uh yeah very excited uh please tune in we'll obviously be advertising it uh immensely on on twitter and possibly on instagram and everything else and give you the link for the for the uh grand event but very much looking forward to it and obviously looking forward to the draft itself which uh seems to have taken an absolute millennia to get here but very excited to cover
1: I'll be honest with you, Si. I'm still learning the 2021 uh, draft um, uh, (laughs) roster, so uh, I'll be honest with you. This is gonna be, yeah, this is gonna be fun. Um, Because yeah, I I mean, I've started learning this draft roster. There's obviously a few names that are, um, yeah, big names, and I'm really looking Mm -hmm. forward to it. But yeah, crossover live podcast mock draft. There's some fun keywords. I can't wait to get involved, Mm -hmm. Uh, and thankfully. Thankfully, shut down coverages. Two excellent hosts who are far more knowledgeable about NFL can get me out of sticky water uh, mm. if I make boo boo. We'll, we'll we'll have you back, buddy. Don't worry. Can't wait. Excellent.
0: Thank you. Si. So uh, many people are looking forward to that. I'm sure, uh, Ben. What's on your radar?
1: Is Cy si going to change his Chicago Cubs shirt for the NFL mock draft?
0: I will wear my Justin
1: Fields jersey for you okay justin fields i heard he was uh, the people looking to see if we can get him out of his contract uh maybe we'll talk about That's... that next week yeah 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 i read that it was an interesting that was slide. A stupid article
2: from connor Orr from the um <laughs> from, the, uh, from the SI, wasn't it yeah no absolute I'll, ridiculousness
1: i will slide into your dms don't you Ooh. worry um I mean, what's coming up for me? More Liverpool domination. I'm going to spend the next seven days of my life talking to Man United about Liverpool's 4-0 victory. That's 9-0 on aggregate this season against Manchester United in league games. Um, how wonderful it is to be a Liverpool fan and how bad it is to be a Man United fan right now. <laughs> I need to stop saying that. I'm going to focus on Super League. That's really, really where I'm going to be on Super League over the next few weeks. So expect some interesting. Conversation about that, and we'll have a fun show next week. Dan, without our main talent, I don't even know what. I mean, he's so busy and important. We get him like once every month now.
0: I know, you know, you know where we stand, Ben. It's okay. Need to pay more. All right, and Ben, next week is the return, or this week rather, this coming week, this weekend is the return of. The Formula One Rolex Grand Premio del Made in Italy, Air Emilia romagna 2022.
1: And you've had a whole year to practice that name and still <laughs> butchered it uh, like the English do with every language. Uh, Dan, what time is kick-off?
0: Uh, I, do you know what, Ben? It's probably 2 o'clock. I don't actually know. I haven't looked at the okay. time. It's probably I mean... 2 o'clock, but it is the first sprint race of the season. So this is where they will be doing the sprint uh, on the Saturday. The qualifying will move to the Friday with uh, practice uh, Prius prior to that. Um, Prius Racing, wow. (laughs) Yeah, new engine supplier. Uh, controversial but that's what's happening
1: there's loads of narratives coming into that Red Bull need to finish the race Max Verstappen needs to finish the race people need to start genuinely thinking about reigning Leclerc in he's just disappearing off into the distance is the the, the Monogasque uh, driver uh, I shall be busy in the morning filming at the Southampton Marathon so good luck to everyone that is involved in the Southampton Marathon I shall be there filming getting some stories um, and I'm looking forward to talking about that all next week when uh, after we watch the race Dan hopefully it's a yeah. cracker because the Aussie race was not a spectacle Sai.
0: I hope so I hope so I think um, just to, to answer your question Ben qualifying is four o'clock on uh, Friday The sprint race is at half three on Saturday and two o'clock is the main event on Sunday.
2: I just wanted to interject there a little bit and say, I believe when you're a reporter at the scene, you need to say scoops, Ben. You have to say scoops. And you have to hold your finger Press.
1: to
0: your ear as yeah. if you're getting something yeah. quite important. Ah, told to you.
1: okay, okay, yeah. What what is it? Is it uh, this is uh, Bridget Jones for Stand Up Britain? Yeah, okay, I've got <laughs> yeah, it right. I got, got it right. right that's a chick flick, guys. If you I'm if track. you didn't know,
0: yeah, true. That's the are that's the sixth
1: through. film reference of a one-hour eight-minute sports episode. Should we get back to sport next week?
0: Yeah, all right. The credits are about to roll on this week's episode. So let's wrap it up there. And um, thank you very much, gentlemen. Don't forget to find us across the socials on Twitter and Instagram. Well, just those two. At at WednesdayPod. On either, you can uh, find, share, like, subscribe, tell your friends about us, racist reviewers, etc. On all your podcast platforms. Do what you need to. Spread the word. Spread the love. Um, But we'll see you next week. Uh, So all that's left to say is... I've been Dan. I've been Sam. And I've been Ben. Until next last Wednesday of the week, be kind. Bye-bye. Bye.